Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Now today we have got part of a mini-series and this mini-series is based on a conversation that myself and David Holland had. Now those of you that know Dave will know that he's my personal coach and we've been friends and associates for a long time. Now we had a chat for our podcast but you know what this chat ended up being over three hours. So we've extracted the very best bits and carved them up into a mini-series so that you can take away bite-sized information as if you are a fly on the wall of this conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Please do subscribe and leave a review if you do. And I can't wait to speak to you again in series two. Um, but we talk about social media in general because Twitter is a really good example of this where people think that um, on Twitter they're going to change people's minds within 140 or 280 characters. You know what, guys? If you're hashtag FBPE or if you're hashtag Brexit now, or if you're hashtag JC4PM, or you're hashtag I'm a Tory, which I've, I've never actually <laughs> seen on Twitter. It's a very left-leaning platform. But you know what? You're never going to change someone's views within 140 or 280 characters. I, mean, I struggle changing my wife's views, and, I, and I'm with her 24 hours a day. I, 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 mean, I did a tweet. At, I, think, I don't know if I took it down. Or, anyway, it was a bit of fun, and I just put up, Brexit is a four-letter word, and that was it. And of course, that triggers lots of emotions. Yes. And most emotions that came back from people were, I think it was something like, typical Remainer can't even count the letters in a word or something. <laughs> like, you're sort of defeating the object a little bit. Uh, so, but I think the person who I think on Twitter uh, nails it, can, can please James Blunt, and if you've seen this, The Singer. Yes, he yes. Is just, he has a lot of negative stuff thrown at him. And his feedback is brilliant. One mm. of the things I saw that he did... But he's unashamedly himself. Absolutely. There's no, there's no um, record label dictating how no, he is. Just him, he's out there. I mean, far from Donald Trump. But he's out there. Somebody put a post up Then again, Donald Trump, a great personal brand. Exactly. On, on you know, social exactly media. Where, exactly where he stands, what's going to be happening. Yeah. And whether you like him or not, or love him or hate him, it doesn't At matter. At 6am in the morning, his time, he's you know what he's there. doing. He's out there. I just hope he's not sat in the bathroom doing yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, but I think with Twitter, you can be... Uh, you've got to be consistent, you can be, but you're not going to change people's minds. You're going to attract a lot of traffic, a lot of views, and some good and some bad. But it, provided it's done in also good fun, and I think the style of content you put out is consistent, then, uh, then you're okay, I think. But so, Dave, have you ever been on the receiving end of a Twitter storm? No, a I horrible haven't. 24 hours of notifications going on. No, off? I don't think I have, actually. I've not been. Conv- have you? Have you? I have you a know? couple of times. <laughs> I have a couple of times. And. You know, I, I would just say for anyone listening and wanting to know how to handle it, um, the mute button, put your phone down and do something else is absolutely key. And, you know, uh, these things, you, you can get caught by them, by the most innocent of tweets. Um, you know, there was one where I was actually accused of racism, believe it or not, um, for commenting on how good Meghan Markle looked in a dress. So she was wearing a dress that was off the shoulder, so it was outside of royal dress code. Um, so I commented, you know, um, she looks stunning and it's a shame that there's this world dress code, but I guess she has to adhere to it. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, so I had these Meghan Markle fans from America accusing me of racism, going through my tweets back to 2012 when apparently Kate Middleton wore a similar dress oh, okay. and pointing out you didn't mention it about Kate Middleton. 
is, is, is it because Megan is a mixed race? And it's like, oh my God, guys. Um, but I realised very quickly with, you know, with these kinds of things, and there's been a couple of them like that, it can extrapolate out of all proportion. When people have got an agenda, um, as you said, offences taken, not given, and sometimes it's best just to put the phone down and it will pass. Yeah. I think because I think, I assume, I don't know for me, I'm, I'm sure for you, we, I don't post anything that I would want to cause offence. No, no. Because it's not necessary, it's not what, what we do, it's not my style. Now, some people do do that, and that, yes. that's all okay, but I wouldn't do that. However, as you say, sometimes offence is taken, because but they join different dots that we don't see. Yes. And go, well, you said this, you said that, therefore, you're this. And, you go, and the challenge is, I think, if you go back and defend it, you're digging yourself a bigger hole. You are, because all you're doing is, um, cer- certainly on Twitter and the way Twitter works, yeah. Um, you're responding to an echo chamber because nobody can see your replies to somebody else. So actually, there's no point other than ego, you know, and and, and defending your already battered ego to to really chip in and and have a go and uh, and continue it. But the the feeling at the time when you go through it is, oh my God, thousands of people are seeing it. The reality is they're not. The reality is two people are seeing it (laughs) and you're working yourself up over nothing. But we, so we were talking about the difference between human voice and business voice, I suppose. What businesses have you seen that use Twitter really well? Uh, I think, uh, well, okay, a business, it's a person, it's a business. Um, Rory Sutherland, who's okay. the Ogilvy CEO, I think. Yes. Uh, co-founder, CEO. I first discovered him on TED when he was doing his talks. I've now bought his book, Alchemy. Okay. I'm going to give it a plug. It's brilliant. Buy Fantastic. The book. I was great. just on the phone to Ogilvy oh, really? half okay, an hour ago. Uh, I think what he does I th- is what he does this, he puts his thoughts, his comments out. He's quite, uh, I say, semi-controversial in a positive way, but you know where he's coming from. He's, he weaves a story back to marketing, back to what he does and this sort of thing. Very clever and it engages people. I don't think I've seen any of his posts where it's, Come, come buy from Ogilvy, for example. Yes. But because he's doing these sort of things where it's in support of the ideas, his principles. Then people will look at his bio. He uh, Presumably, if he's doing it well, won't even have Ogilvy in his bio. You'll need to dive through to his website. Yeah. And you know, by that time, you've devoted 10 minutes to this guy. Exactly. You're going to want to know who he, uh, who he is and where who, he's yeah, from. Who is this guy? I think mean, that's the trick. Which is so exactly what, what I'm trying to do, yeah, funny exactly enough. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does work. It's this sort of... Uh, action at 90 degrees to the, the, the effect almost if you like because uh, you do work that is you put content out that is conversational but the effect is people pick up the phone and want to do business with you whereas I think the, the converse is also true you put out there buy me buy me sales and bundles and I'm great and I'm fabulous and nothing happens so I think though in answer to your question I think he does that really well um, I don't see a lot of other business. I don't follow businesses on Twitter. Okay, so so the ones that I've seen that have done really well, yeah. um, you know, there was, God, who was it? Specsavers came up with a really um, sarky response to something. Okay, um, yeah, great. <laughs> that was that was right. So I, I remember exactly now. Um, you might have heard about the um, restaurant in the UK, Hawksmoor. Mm-hmm. So it's a steakhouse. Right. And they accidentally served a £4,500 bottle of wine to a customer who, who, to be fair, 
had ordered a £300 bottle of wine. So they'd gone fairly far down the wine list anyway. Um, so you can you can understand that it, it's possibly a wine that the waitress isn't used to getting. You know, it's not the 20 quid Merlot. No, exactly. So um, so they, they dug down to, uh, they also had to go to the depth of the cellars and picked up the wrong one. And I imagine, I've never been in the um, hospitality trade, but I imagine you only have one or two of each bottle that's, that's over 100 quid, I guess. Um, so anyway, got the wrong bottle, served it up, and they only realised their mistake when, when the customer ordered a second. And they, I don't know whether the customer knew what they had had or not. Um, again, if I was spending a few hundred quid on a bottle, let alone four and a half grand, I would be checking and double checking. But... Who, who knows? And anyway, I, I don't know enough about wine to get into that. Hawksmore turned this into a um, piece of PR genius. Mm -hmm. So rather than doing what most, let's say, professional service businesses would try to do, which is you've had four and a half grand's worth of wine, so here's your invoice for four and a half mm, grand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they let the customer off, obviously. Yeah. Um, that goes without saying in the hospitality trade. Sure. Yeah. They then um, actually let the waitress off and said, look, mistakes happen. But it became a global PR piece. Um, but then when they tweeted it, Specsavers responded, you know what we're going to say. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> isn't Genius. it just, isn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah, good. So, <laughs> and that's great to see businesses. Um, I, I love that business to business engagement yeah. that some of the corporates are getting now. But also it's, it's businesses playing. I think mm. they're playing. I think the marketing is, it should be engaging. It should be fun. It should be ironic. It should be playing. And the, the days of fact-based, here's five reasons you should buy, blah, blah, blah. Those are gone. People are bored of that yes. sort of stuff. But you know, and fair play to spec save, you know, they didn't even say it. You know what we're going to say. Yes. But then you know, the fact we're talking about, it means that it, it resonated well. And that's exactly. It. It's that sort of clever, smart response, irony, a bit of innuendo to a certain extent, to a degree you're okay with. But it would never be in their brand guidelines. No, exactly. And that's it would right. never be in their training. It's something that that permeates through the team, the culture, the way that they do things, which I, I think is absolutely astounding. But I think the, but the, 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 the days of the marketing team dictating what works on, on in marketing now and saying, we do this, it's a prescriptive message, distribution, clicks and conversion rate and all that sort of thing. Those days are gone because that does work to a degree. But what actually works is when something gets picked up like that, that you can't plan or predict. Yes. There was a brilliant one, and I can't think who did it, where... I suppose on LinkedIn, I think, but on Twitter as well, where the guys at Greg's had put the signage up in reverse. Yes. So when, so when yes. you looked in, I think it was Phoenix opposite, when you looked at Phoenix, it was say Greg's on their window. And it's like, that is just mm. brilliant. And this is, you know, who thought of that? And I think there was a guy, I do forget his name, bless him. Anyway, he said he had the idea, you pitched it, they said no, you pitched it again, they said yes. And that sign has gone viral. Yes. Well, you can't buy that. And that, you know, four and a half grand for a bottle of wine. Well, great. They've got more than four and a half grand. They, they had zone. global coverage. You know, it was in the, I think it was in the China Post. It was in the New York <laughs> Times. It was, um, it was quite literally global from a, um, from a print messaging, let yes. alone online. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really encouraging to see. But I, mm. but I do think um, there is a point where it becomes a little bit unsavoury when businesses compete with each other. And I'm actually going to call out Burger King on this. Oh, go on. <laughs> where um, yeah, we've seen BMW and Audi with the billboards opposite each yeah. other. Yeah. And... For me, that's getting a bit close to the mark. Um, but actually, where Burger King jump on the lack of trademarks for Big Mac. Yes. Okay. You know, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. For me, there's a line. And 
it just feels like that was slightly cross. I, I think so. I mean, I think the I saw the, the update that they were doing. You go to Burger King and they uh, you go to McDonald's and they give you you get a, a voucher to go and get a free Burger King or something like that. Mm. And it's just like yeah, no. That I think that was there's a there's a line as you say. I think it wasn't it wasn't clever. No, no way. Okay, no, it was clever, but it wasn't engaging. It wasn't okay to do it. It wasn't fun. It wasn't ironic. It wasn't gentle because yeah, i think burking i mean I, I i really can't remember the names they came up with but it was the um tastier than a big mac and yeah. bigger than a big mac and yeah no it, it, it didn't feel right to me and i don't think you, i don't think you need to in principle need to knock the competition either a bit of fun with the competition is okay that's all good but no it's just it's, i think it's gone too far i, th- I don't know it'd be interesting what the feedback has been on that whether it actually did um, Either side any favours? Yeah, exactly. Did McDonald's yeah. win out of that? Or did Burger King win out of it or otherwise? Uh, who knows? But again, I think in the sector we're in, I, I would I would never knock the competition. No, not not publicly anyway. No, um, <laughs> but no, there's no point. Maybe on the podcast, maybe but, the podcast, but yeah. not on social media. I'll give the details later on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think there, there is a line. But it comes down to the, I think the you know, the standards and values of the organisation because if those are the standards and values of the organisation and they're going to do that to their competitors, what are they going to do to their customers? Yeah, and it, there's, a, there's a line there where people, it's trust, and they don't trust. And I think they've got to trust what people do as well. Fantastic. So, Dave, what we're going to do, we're going to close it down there. Um, for the listeners, whilst you would have heard this as part three of our conversation, um, actually for us, we've just been going full pelt. So it just gives us an opportunity to open another bottle of water without you hearing it. So we will see you on the other side. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, DT Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.